0: Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Radio Ramadan
1: 87.7 FM program Reflections and I am your host Zubair Akram and as always uh, my guest is Sheikh Ridwan Muhammad Assalamu Alaikum Sheikh
2: Wa Alaikum Salam Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh
1: Sheikh uh, Alhamdulillah uh, Alhamdulillah praise be to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala who has enabled us again yet one more time we are uh, on air, and we are um, able. We are able to fast. We are able to bring this program to people. Hmm. Uh, last 12 years, we said, "Alhamdulillah." In reflections, uh, and this is one more year, one more day that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has enabled us to do this. Uh, we are grateful. We, we pray that it is beneficial for people. Uh, we pray that uh, it comes from the heart and it reaches the heart, inshallah, inshallah. Surah Kahaf uh, is uh, what we are going to go into just now, straight away uh, a recitation, uh, translation and after that, uh, your commentary on it
3: Alhamdulillah <laughs> ala
4: all the praise.
3: Bismillahi Rahmani Rahim.
4: In the name of Allah, the Absolutely Merciful, the Especially Merciful.
3: Alhamdulillahi Ladi Anzala Abdihil Kitaba Walam Yajallahu Iwaja.
4: All the praises and thanks be to Allah who has sent down to his servant the book, and has not placed therein any
3: crookedness. He
4: has made it straight to give warning to the disbelievers of a severe punishment from him, And to give glad tidings to the believers who work righteous deeds, that they shall have a fair reward. They shall abide therein forever. And to warn those who say, Allah has begotten a son.
3: مَا لَهُمْ بِهِ مِنْ عِلْمٍ وَلَا لِآبَائِهِمْ كَبُرَتْ كَلِمَةً تَخْرُجُ
4: They have no knowledge of such a thing, nor had their fathers. Mighty is the word that comes out of their mouths. They utter nothing but a lie.
3: فَلَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعُ نَفْسَكَ عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ إِنْ لَمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَسَفًا
4: Perhaps you would kill yourself, O Muhammad, in grief over their footsteps because they believe not in this narration.
3: إِنَّا جَعَلْنَا مَا عَلَىٰ الْأَرْضِ زِينَةً لَهَا لِنَبْلُوَهُمْ أَيُّهُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا
4: Verily, we have made that which is on the earth as an adornment for it, in order that we may test them as to which of them are best in deeds. Uh, Surah Yusuf,
1: uh, uh, Surah Kahf Surah Kahf is what we um, are going to cover in this, in this session. شروع اللہ کے نام سے جو بڑا مہربان اور رحم کرنے والا ہے تعریف اللہ کے لیے ہے جس نے اپنے بندے پر کتاب نازل کی اور اس میں کوئی ٹیڑ نہ رکھی۔ ٹھیک ٹھیک سیدھی بات کہنے والی کتاب تاکہ وہ لوگوں کو خدا کے سخت عذاب سے خبردار کر دے اور ایمان لاکر نیک عمل کرنے والوں کو خوشخبری دے دے کہ ان کے لیے اچھا जिसमें वो हमेशा रहेंगे और उन लोगों को डरा दे जो कहते हैं कि अल्लाह ने किसी को बेटा बनाया है इस बात का ना उन्हें कोई इल्म है और ना उनके बाप दादा को था बड़ी बात है जो उनके मुंह से निकलती है वो महज झूठ बोलते हैं अच्छा तो ऐ नबी सल्लल्लाहु अलैहि वसल्लम शायद तुम उनके पीछे गम के मारे अपनी जान खो देने वाले हो अगर ये पर ईमान न واقعہ یہ ہے کہ جو کچھ سر و سامان بھی زمین پر ہے اور اس کو ہم نے زمین کی زینت بنایا ہے تاکہ ان لوگوں کو آزمائیں ان میں کون بہتر عمل کرنے والا ہے صدق اللہ العظیم یہ تھی پہلی سات آیات سورہ قحف کی جس کے بارے میں اللہ رب العزت کے پیارے نبی صلی اللہ وسلم نے ہمیں تعلیم دی کہ اس کی پہلی آیتیں اور آخری آیتیں دجال کے خلاف حفاظت ہیں and, uh, Jumeke rose, Tilavat Karnevale, Dajjal ke fitnesse, mehfuzra hinge. Uh, Hamari, Radio Ramadan ke is transmission, program reflections meh, uh, aj, hamapkekeke the Fabir Khusham deed kehte hai, unatthis April, Budka din, aj, iftar kavakte hai, art bachke, unen chas minute, 8.59 is going to be iftar. This is fifth of Ramadan, and for some it is sixth. It is Wednesday, 29th of April, time just <coughs> now is 7.39, Iftar is going to be at 8.59 today. And Shaykh, as Alaikum again.
2: Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: Uh, Surah Kahaf, Shaykh. Um, I've been thinking about it today, about Surah Kahaf. Um, uh, and um, there have been comments, there have been people who have actually given us some feedback uh, on how we are conducting this program and how we are uh having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um And there seems to be a perception of tension between you and I mm-hmm. in terms of I'm wanting you to cover ayah by ayah, mm-hmm. but you're going for themes. Um I just want to clarify to the listeners that that's not the case. I'm asking the Sheikh, let's cover Surah Kahf so that we can understand our situation better the way we find ourselves where we are.
2: Yeah. Okay, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Rahim. So just to clear the confusion, <laughs> uh we, we our, our discussion is on air more than off air. So the argument we have on air is the the argument that um um probably we didn't have off air, so we didn't discuss how we we're gonna cover it. I decided. <laughs> I will decide. <laughs> um because, uh, you know, you can do verse by verse very simply, but the thing is, this then it'd be a dars, then it'd be a different type of show, because yeah. I think um, the Qur'an deserves that it is approached um, in different formats. So one of the greatest, I think, one of the greatest um, fall- failings of the Ummah um- has been that they have not had a real conversation with the Qur'an um beyond the recitation of it and the perfection of recitation and the commentary of, of specific verses. But remember, the Qur'an is made up of, 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 of letters and words at the first le- level. Let- words, in other words. You have a word, Rahman. You have word, Ard. You have a word, um, Raqim, for example, comes up today. Um, kahf. These are all individual words. And they're brought yeah. into a, a, a sequence, which is essentially a sentence. And then that sentence gives a, a message. And that sentence, um, in and of itself, you could just look at the sentence and look at what it means and say this sentence saying this. But once you have the whole chapter with all of the verses together, you get a, a, a chapter which is essentially a message. And that chapter then falls inside of the Qur'an which is Hudal So it's all... A simple th- simple statement, which is very superficially understood, which is Hodeliness guidance for for mankind, but that is, has a very deep deep claim, which is that it it will consistently perpetuate and rejuvenate guidance for mankind until there's no mankind, and mm-hmm. other was it will st- stop that process of Hodeliness when Anas on Earth are no longer in existence. So to have that approach to the Quran, you have to go sometimes go beyond the the literal um, wording, the, the sentences and the structure, and then look at the themes behind the sentences. But you also go into, and I think we did it a couple of times, which is going to keywords that, um, I think, exemplify what the message of, of the chapter is, mm. or, the, or the message of a verse is. So one word so a special word will very much be, Iwaja, for example iwaja, we yeah. covered. Yeah, that is a very central point in this specific ver uh, chapter because these stories remember are stories remember I, I think I mentioned this yesterday. or I've not mentioned it. The the reason why this chapter was revealed was the Quraysh had to seek outside help to to take on the Prophet ﷺ mm-hmm. al- to. Try and undermine his da'wah, his call to Allah Because they were not succeeding You know, it's almost as if The more you try to contain something The more it it goes outside your control And that was what was happening to the Quraysh And so they asked the Jewish people The Jewish rabbis in in Madin wara Give us some questions so we can trip him up Hmm. Essentially, Hmm. so we can show him Show that he's not really what he claims to be And so there's three historical stories So you would imagine that the historical facts are set, and so the Prophet, when he comes, he will either say the same thing as the historical facts, or he will say something different.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, essentially, the Quran is going to, going to say is, is saying essentially that whatever you knew about these three stories was ewaj; it was crooked; it was not factual; it was astray. So, in other words, you they they will have to go back and say what we thought we knew about. What we thought we knew about Ashab al Kaf, what we thought we knew about the Prophet Musa and his 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 sojourns in in Egypt, were actually crooked narratives of what actually happened. Mm. And what is so odd, the audacity of the Quran is such that it is saying that the Prophet knows through revelation more about these events than the people who claim to have recorded the events. Mm. Is that not amazing? That's like something that you've done Amongst your own private group You ask me about it I tell you exactly what you did And things you didn't know about it yeah. So when they will talk about Surah Al-Kahf It will mention correcting the narrative This is what happened When they talk about Surah qarnain It will correct saying this is what happened When it talks about Musa Salah, It will correct and say this is what happened And so that one word is so important Because it is important to the theme of the whole chapter, I but what what could be mistaken is to take every word and consider it to be pivotal to the chapter. Hmm.
1: So it's an art. It's it's, it's your exposure to Quran. And
0: so when the I when I
2: would um, when if I was to scan the the, ver- the the verses, certain words really jump up very much as being very much in this chapter, hmm. like very much part of this this chapter. Um, and this comes up in the Quran When you when you look at certain chapters There are certain words that encapsulate the, the actual um, chapter itself And remember The Prophet named some of the chapters by names Okay mm, mm. In other words he gave the name to specific chapters But most, according to most scholars The majority of names are not We're not completely sure that the Prophet named them In other words other people named them Like the companions of the Prophet named the the, the chapters Based upon what they saw in the chapter, so Surah Al Baqarah, for example, uh, Surah Al Kahf, for example, Surah Al Isra, Surah Bani, Bani Israel, these are two names of the same chapter, Surah Al Bara'a, uh, Surah Al Tawbah. These names, what who decides on the names? The names are essentially the word upon which that chapter pivots and revolves, yeah, in other words. That is, in, in, in Urdu you say Nujur is like the, yeah, the mar- real khulasa, khulasa, Merkazi mazmoon Merkazi mazmoon Or uh, uh, al Madmoon Or the central uh, yeah. pillar of that If the Quran is using titles for the chapters Then essentially what I'm saying is Why I think themes are more important Yeah, Which is you don't miss the themes And this is why when you study the Quran You study it in words Word by word and Then you do Verses Then you look at The basic um, Message of the, the chapter But you look, then you look at The universal teaching mm. The universal timeless teaching of it Which is essentially Once you get that نجور, Which you call mm-hmm. the uh, madmoon, Then you can say Okay we're in The era of COVID How can we use it now? Yeah You cannot use it If you do your word for word You yeah. cannot use it If you do your verse for verse You can't even do it If you look at the story as um, a narrative of what happened there where was this place when did it happen be no, still of no relevance once you get the khulasa and in Asul al fiqh they call it um, al manat manat is like the the essential point in in an analogy when you're trying to find out why is something haram or halal you know for example the easiest mm-hmm. example would be why is wine haram and so is it because it's a liquid is it because it is uh, sweet is it because uh, it smells a certain way? Is it because it's expensive? Or is it because it's in- an intoxicant? So how do we get to that that conclusion? We look at all the, op- the possibilities of why it's haram and we say this is the most plausible reason why. And in Surat al kahf for example, you will come at the end of it to this manat, which is this central pillar of the chapter, which we will take and we will say, and I, I kind of mention it in passing, the superficiality of materialism. Materialism not being materialism as we use it in, in the modern context, but in the context of saying everything is just material. It was just anyway, I've got a table here. If I knock it, everything is this. Everything is this mic stand. Everything I don't know what you've got in your in your place, but everything is what I touch. But essentially, social gaff is saying beyond what you can see and touch and hear is a whole universe of meanings and reasons which are beyond your capacity to understand. So do not worry yourself in trying to understand them.
0: Mm.
2: And so when we come to the COVID issue, you're saying, okay, what is the central point of this? The central point is what is happening is the material. We need to deal with the material, but not question the wisdom of the one that created the material. Like Mm. the whole process that's taking place. Why? you will find this out, as I said before, much later on in your in in your ex, ex, extended life, which is in the hereafter. That's when you find out exactly what's happening. So therefore, you know, you, you the reciter who's recited has recited, recited, I think, ten or twelve um, verses of the Quran. And that will in, that that's a kind of section you can see the introduction is about this specific topic and you go to different themes. But the end of it I believe and I mentioned this yesterday. There's a central theme which this chapter is about: the barzakh, about the the the, the changing state between one and an, and another. It is comes in the sea of the prophet. at a point when he's moving from the defensive to the front foot, and this chapter it comes right at that point where it indicates the tide is turning. Mm. So mm. the prophet Musa is going to the, sea, the the sea where the two oceans the two the two oceans meet. This chapter is Given to the Prophet At the very point Where he Is starting to be told By Allah That this Is going to change This difficulty Is going to change To ease It's not changed But those You know it's like The, the Fajr When it is The light is starting to come You can't really do much From the natural light But You know Give it an hour and a half You'll be able to Do everything you can normally do Because the light is such So pleasant. But This is an indication So The chapter Indicates Surah Al Kahf of the people of the cave, it is an interspace. You've got the story of the Qarnayn and you've got the story of Musa. For what we need to do now is when we go through them, mm. at the points that we come to each of the stories, we'll start to look at what is the essential madmoon, the essential purpose of each story. So the first, and story, then you can apply. So, so, so
1: the first story
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, is of the sleepers,
2: mm-hmm. the seven sleepers, well, called in English. Um, folklore it's not actually folklore it's historical because it takes place um, historically it takes a place uh, roughly um, around um, I think two centuries after the death of of or, the, or not the death you would say the passing away or into the heavens of the Prophet Isa alayhi salatu salam. so this is um, prior to the Prophet said, um, by after. about 400 years
1: yeah two, two centuries after
2: Two, two centuries after the the era of the Prophet Isa Ali, Salatu Waslam, yeah. So we're talking about, about four and a half, four and a half, roughly, centuries before. So,
1: so jo- geography the of... It.
2: The geography is... Oh, this is where it gets interesting, because wherever you travel in the Muslim world, they will have the cave of the, the cave. people of Kahf. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's one in Jordan. There's one in Jordan. Is, is there one in Jordan? There probably is. Yeah. I think the... the, the when
1: you when you travel... I'm told when you travel from um, uh, uh, Masjid Aqsa... Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan, so it's quite kind of uh, prominent. prominent. Yeah, I've
2: heard of, of the Jordanian claim. I think the most famous claim archaeologically is, has been um, the one in, is just near Izmir in Turkey, which is Aeth- Ethipus, I think it is. Which is really okay. Yes, the most. I mean, based upon the narrative of the king and and the emperor that that are involved, and the geographical location. And the type of persecution that was taking place, we consider it to be in an Anatolia. Ah, okay. So the kind of... So, so you know, Anatolia... Is the, the, you know, all the Greek myths happen. That's It's not in Greece. It's usually in Turkey. You yeah. know, you have you, the yeah. Troy and all these kind of things. They're, they're in mainland Turkey now. They're in mainland Turkey now. Yeah. And so this is... Izmir mean, is a coastal town. Yes.
1: So, okay. And as part so of... So this Anatolia. is
2: internal to it. Internal to it. So the Kahaf is... I mean, this is... That's two... There's lots of places... You know, in 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 the the, the in, in Kazakhstan and in, in Uzbekistan, you've got places in Iraq. They've got plenty of places that claim the the, the, the epicenter of this. So, specific. just for the benefit of listeners, right? So, just
1: the summary of the story. The story is of of an emperor who's um uh, who's got uh, who, uh who's got a very big clutch on people who are believers.
2: Yes, I mean, if you if you want to go to the, I mean, there is interesting um, research on this because it is recent. It's not, um, it's not, it's not from the period of the Prophet Mm. Ibrahim or the Prophet um, Musa alaihissalam. Like antiquity, this is after after the period of the Prophet Isa, and so historically, we can we can actually place things very clearly today to months. You know, like mm-hmm. in, in in the sea, season it took place and things like that. Essentially, what happens is you have the early Christians, and within this time, you have the schisms between um, the, the the those Christians that believe that the, the, the prophet Isa is a prophet and he is inspired and, and and has this sensibility of being close to God extremely, but not the Son of God, which is called the Aryan... Uh, uh, Arian. Um, 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 kind of heresy. Mm-hmm. So, and on the other hand, this this comes to to, uh, to comes to a, 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 a kind of head in the Council of Nicaea in the, in the fourth century. There is and becomes mainstream Christianity, which is that Christianity is Trinitarian, meaning that there is one God, but God has three manifestations: the Son, the Father, and the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And so, the Son is part of the Trinity. So this story takes place just before the Trinitarian doctrine has become prominent. In other words, we would consider to be them to be Muslims, considered to be believers in the Prophet Isa Ali Salat totally. But is there there is an emperor who who starts to persecute and forces the townspeople of, of the area in, in which he has jurisdiction to um worship idols and a, to take a, on
1: bow to statue
2: idolatry. And they refuse, and they leave their families, and they test, and they ind- and the story is that they individually leave, and they 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 chance to meet together in the wilderness. But they, weren't, they,
1: become, but they weren't defiant; they just left. They didn't resist. It wasn't a resistance movement.
2: No, no, it wasn't a, a resistance. They refused, and the only way they could remain true to the worship of God was to actually leave. I've actually, I've actually
1: struggled with this Mm -hmm. understanding of it
2: Mm -hmm. so
1: they have become icons of um, adherence to God's word Mm -hmm. they are the ones who gave up something to be to stay true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yes but what I I see is there's seven Mm -hmm. there isn't any mass following Mm -hmm. what is it that did other than just left the place? Okay. And they hid themselves. Okay. What's so great about it that they are now mentioned in scriptures and uh-huh. people and we recite?
2: Okay, so what's uh, there's nothing great. Uh, yes, it's absolutely yeah. true. There's nothing great about leaving because you are a conscientious objector. People,
1: yeah, you can't practice what you want. You leave and you go in a cave. Yes, absolutely. But there's
2: nothing spectacular about that at all. <laughs> but that's not the story. Okay. The story is not that. The story is that they are pursued. Okay. And they're found to be... A cave is not a cave. This is... A kahf in Arabic is is an entrance to a, a labyrinth. So, in other words, a cave is ghar in Arabic. Ghar is like ghar, ghar e thawr ghar e hira You've ghar been her. to... If you've yeah. been, ghar you've her. been. You know. It's a small entrance to a, a small... You know, perhaps Garihira is you can get in, and, and you see all these people trying to squeeze to pray in the, in the COVID area. Obviously, you can't do it. <laughs> but there's like people on top of each other trying to pray in this. Perhaps you can't even get Masallah in there.
1: Yeah, just to be honest, just you know the about. type,
2: the type musalla we have, we can't get in there. a kahf is is essentially an enclave into an, an opening into a cave system, mm-hmm. and so when the emperor, who's an oppressive emperor, comes to to seek out this, what he considers to be young people kind of openly defying him, which will then lead to other people saying, look, these people are brave, they speak about them. In that sense, they'd be famous, but mm. not, as you say, um, enough to mention in the, Quran, in the Quran or even to commemorate. They're, they're followed, and when they find that they're there, they they, they can't pursue them, but then they, they block up the, 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 the entrance to the cave, so they will die, mm. and they're left. And so then, what happens is they're left and they're forgotten, and their families weep, etc., etc. And then, whatever happens internally happens, but they resurface. Mm-hmm. They're made to wake up. They resurface, mm-hmm. and amongst them, they say, "Okay, we've woken up. We need some food. We have some 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 money, warak, which is basically silver, um, silver coins. Remember, silver coins are not." They were stamped. They're always stamped with the the name of the emperor hmm. to 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 show the quality of the silver. So This is a proof of the quality of the silver. So they always have a stamp of the king. They go and they say, "Look, we've just left, so be careful. We need food, so be careful when you go that nobody knows who you are." Hmm. He goes and he realized when he gets to the the, the same village, there's crosses there. There's Christianity is everywhere and people are mentioning the name of God and etc 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 he yeah. says none of the the people that he saw before and when he gives the the the, the coin people say well what is this and they follow him back hmm. to the cave and they realize that they are people from that era they say three centuries prior to that And there was a coin indicated that and what happens to them is that they when they go back in they go back into asleep and they die so hmm. different narrations, but the kind of idea is that they remain there and then the people who find them realise it's a miracle. Not that they left, as you said. That's not, nothing miraculous about that. Mm. It's the fact that, and not even that they they remained um, steadfast, it's the fact that they jumped this time and you know, as they were made to extend their time for a very specific reason to the point that they became saints in the in the Eastern Orthodox Church, they are considered to be saints. So there's days that are mar- days that mark the 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 actual um, you know commemoration of the seven sleepers, not because they were defined, but because it was a miracle, and therefore because of the miraculous nature of the extended uh, existence of sleep, they decided what should we do here? So some of them said we'd build, build make it a place, so we build a building upon it to comm- commemorate it. Or shall we make it a place of sajda, mesjida, And and that is essentially to mark something that was miraculous. And that's essentially what happens in the Eastern um, Orthodox Church is that they mark the days of saints, St. Gregory, St. Augustine, um, the seven sleepers. So this is one of the ways that they mark. And what's interesting is that story was a recent, you would say fairly recent memory for... The, the, the people of Anatolia Probably of the people of the, the, the Near East Not of the people of Ar- Arabia So it wasn't something that was in the historical records Of what people knew uh, amongst the, the Arabs at the time mm. But the, the the rabbis asked the Prophet about this Which is the interesting thing essentially The rabbis are asking about an event Which is not related to their religious tradition it's related to the religious tradition of the Prophet Isa Salatu Wasalam. In other words, I think what they were doing, and this is not—I've not really seen, seen anybody talk about this. It may well be they're trying to check the, the you know back-check the veracity of the Prophet Isa Salatu Wasalam. So if these were followers, and we've heard about this happening taking place, perhaps they're thinking: Did we miss the Prophet Isa when he came? And did we, in fact, end up? killing, you know, from their perspective what they were doing was killing and torturing and, and um, you know, bringing an end to the message of their Messiah, because essentially the Prophet Isa was sent to them to fi- to complete their lineage. Mm, yeah. And so what you find in, in this story is, you know, I personally think it's the beginning of the end of the Jewish dom- jom- domination in Medina nawara as well, because in their mind they must have had a reason why they asked about the, the seven c- people of the seven Cave because they're not related to Judaism. Okay. It makes sense if they asked about the Prophet Ibrahim, hmm. Prophet Noah, the Prophet Musa, the Prophet Ya'qub, Prophet Yusuf. It makes perfect sense. Why are they asking about something that's nothing to do with their religious tradition?
1: Because they, their tradition is a lot.
2: It's. I mean, it's stopped by the time they're considered the seven sleepers to be heretics. But... They're thinking if he tells us something about the seven sleepers that indicates that they were true, which that also means that the person they followed must have been true and we were wrong. Hmm. And so I think in their minds, you know you see this when you know this is why the seerah is so interesting. When the, the, the Prophet Asim arrives in, in and Nawara, the Jewish tribes and the rabbis specifically, you can see and sense that they are willing to accept Amongst them, there are people that are willing to accept if they see the signs of prophecy, and you see that from the first hadith we have narrated or recorded in in hadith collections about Madinat Nawara is the hadith of Abdullah ibn Salam, the rabbi, the very famous, rabbi, eminent rabbi of Madinat Minawara. When he saw the Prophet for the first time, he said, "I went to see him to see what his 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 um his situation was. Was he a prophet?" And he said, "When I saw his face." It لَيْسَ wajhubi His face was not the face of a liar. And so he must have come with the the, the feeling that this could be the Prophet. Hmm. Now if he had the feeling when he was coming to see him, you can imagine that he probably had the feeling when Nadir ibn Harith al-Qurayshi, enemy of the Prophet, came to Medina and, and said, give me questions for... So, so this this thing, uh, his face is not face of a liar, is by whom? This is Abdullah ibn Salam, which is the, the, the rabbi who became Muslim. Very famous. And he said
1: it's about Prophet
2: The first hadith we know about the Prophet ﷺ is his hadith. He said, I saw him, his face was not the face of a liar. So mm. which meant that he then became, obviously he became Muslim and became a prominent companion of the Prophet ﷺ. And so that is, for me, this is why this chapter is becoming quite an interesting chapter because I didn't think of this actually before we started the conversation, but the, the questions are interesting because why are the the Jews asking about the seven sleepers? It's mm. like me, um, you know, wanting to know about an alim, a great scholar, mm. and I ask him about um, Mahayana Buddhism. Mm. So what, what this great alim who studied in Azhar or somewhere, or um, you know, one great seminary. He shouldn't even know about the, 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 the Buddhism at all, the different sects of Buddhism at all. So, you know, I ask him about Nirvana or I ask him about uh, any other concept in another religion. How's that going to tell me about the truth of him? Unless I felt that there was something true in, in Buddhism, for example. Hmm. And so, the Jewish question about followers of the Prophet Isa is essentially uncovering. Their own uncertainty over whether they, as a community, took the right decision in opposing who was essentially we know now is the Messiah of the Jews.
4: In the name of Allah, the absolutely merciful, the especially merciful.
1: Radio Ramadan 87.7 FM uh, Program Reflections with your host Zubair Akram and my guest Sheikh Rudwan Muhammad 29th of April, Wednesday, 5th of Ramadan and 6th for some uh, 8.59 is our Iftar time today. Time just now is 8.16 just before the break. Um, It was a rather interesting conversation that we entered into Um, Surah Kahf and the relevance uh, of our events um, and the life of Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Sheikh, uh, what what sprung to mind was what you said about um this uh, the the Jewish person who then became a Muslim, Abdul Salam. Mm-hmm. Abdullah
0: ibn
2: Salam.
1: Abdullah
2: Ibn Salam.
1: Abdullah Ibn Salam. Uh-huh. How is this claim that his face is not the one who is a liar? Mm hmm. Is this a well recognized claim that people can actually say that? And it it is worth to be actually recorded.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yeah, so ar-Rahman so, so I just um uh, mentioned that in passing, which which is um the reason I mentioned that is because of the anomaly of this question being one of the questions the Jewish rabbis ask. Mm. You know, you can imagine Dulkarnain. You can, imagine, you can imagine that it's very clear that there's a reason for them mentioning that because that's a historical um, thing. They asked about the roh as well, the nature of the roh, which the Jewish tradition would have an issue with that. Um, the seven sleepers? Nothing. Apart from one thing I didn't mention actually, which is, you know, when the seven sleepers were discovered, it said in the Christian theology there was a whole discussion about whether the resurrection, you know when the bodies are resurrected, mm. whether that resurrection is a is a is body or soul. Is it body or is it soul? So apparently at this time, this is like three hundred years after they had disappeared and they had you know, for their parents remember the parents were forced to tell the authorities where their 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 sons had had disappeared to when they tracked them, they found this this cave, uh, which is an enclave. They boarded it up. They put stones and bricks and, and boulders in front of it, left them for dead. When they were resurrected, it was a proof of the faction that said that the resurrection is a bodily resurrection, not a soul resurrection. So mm. it answered a question in, Jude, in in Christianity. So this is why they saw, saw it as such a miracle, that these and this actually answers your question before which is why is it such a big deal that's mentioned first Mm -hmm. they they extended their existence for a time that we know is impossible according to nature the second is that they settled a theological dispute at the time which is are the bodies going to be raised as a meaning, as a soul or is the actual physical body going to be raised and in Islam we consider it to be the physical body their resurrection was a physical resurrection they saw them they saw the goat the silver that they had in the marketplace and so that was why it was considered to be such an important thing and the reason why I think the, the Jewish Jewish rabbis may have asked this is because in Judaism as well there's a very interesting discussion about whether you know Jannah and nar, Paradise and Hellfire our existence and that will be <coughs> physical or spiritual. Now, Judaism, mainstream Judaism would say it's spiritual, not bodily, which is quite, for Muslims, quite strange. They say it's spiritual. In the Jannah is spiritual, hellfire is spiritual. And so maybe they were thinking, since this is an event that shows that the body can be resurrected, maybe they were thinking, again, the, the Christian teachings has, has, a, has, a, has a truth. And the Islamic teachings Has the truth as well So coming back to your question Abdullah Abdul ibn salam radiallahu anh, Would have been imagined imagine one of the people That would have formulated The questions mm. Because You know it was, They had congress Of, of Jewish rabbis In, in the city Of the Prophet Now how did he Know the Prophet's face Was not the face Of a, a liar That is Based upon when, when scholars Narrate the hadith They say He was a person Knowledgeable of the scriptures Hmm. So, in other words, they would be able to tell. Now, would you you, you say, well, how can they tell? Um, Which is, is to to face something. Yeah. So you could see the face. In other words, eyes are um, you know, they're elongated. The nose is slightly less pointed. So it's not like Pinocchio. You know, you could say, well, this is the reasons. The physiologically, the mouth is this size and not that size. That's not what's meant when he says his face is not the face of a. Uh, 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 a liar. What he ma- means is muwajaha is when you come face to face. You know when you come face to face, you see the face. But essentially, what you have is muajaha, which is essentially you have the ability to now see the person in proximity. And you, and then you form an opinion. Yeah. So imagine you you've heard of somebody. Yeah. And um, and I'm sure you you hear with lots of scholars and and you're waiting to meet them, and then you you're obviously looking at what you're not saying you've not got a picture of somebody who's truthful and you're looking you know you're not second just <laughs> putting the face right next to the person the person thinking what is he doing no you're you're looking at how the person is yeah and when the process came he he was not a liar because of how he was dealing in other words it wasn't his face he's talking about no how he's dealing with things. And then this is why they this is why they talk about events um, and tribulations. They say you al Tribulations face you. Not with a face, but they come into your presence and you see them manifest. And so the Prophet came to the city of Madinah al nawara What did he do? He said, If Shu Salam, wa wal salam. This is the first hadith we have recorded of him mm. salam, which is spread peace feed the poor stand in prayer at night while people are asleep if you do this you will enter paradise so he was saying that so you could say well he's this all, spe- all speech but then look at the way that he started to establish the, 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 the city how he established where the mosque would be set up all through no politics he gave it to a camel to decide but you can imagine nowadays you would go to the the chieftain who you know Musa ibn has told us this is the person with the most money and if he says something everybody will agree upon it so the Prophet would have gone easily, okay I'll stay with him because he's got the most power. Hmm. And the Prophet didn't do that. Aus Bani Aus were was the the well healed part of the, the, the Ansar. Khazraj were the the essentially the, the farmers and the and the labourers and etc. and the warriors. Yeah. But Aus was like the the traders and the merchants and the rich people, and they were closer to um, some of the the Jewish tribes. were also affluent middle class, you would say, and uh, you know millionaires and all the rest of it. And so the Prophet that's in Hazrach uh, no. Aus al- is als, much more uh, much okay. more affluent. And you would have imagined he would have looked and seen how the Prophet was dealing, and when he saw him, he saw this is exactly what's in the scriptures of a prophet. This is the description of how a prophet. Um, behaves this is why in in Arabic we call these the shama'il shama'il are the beautiful qualities that appear of a person Hmm. and the word shama'il essentially is we use it for the process to mean the beautiful qualities from shama'il which is to kind of come from the north because in the Arabs they had this saying that you know if if you're very thirsty and you want to drink water you could you, you come across a pool of water and you would drink it and it would probably be warm slightly, hmm. but they had a word for a, a, a lake or a well or a pond which you came to, and there was a very cold northern wind blowing on it, which would cool the water. You know, imagine you've, you're thirsty and you like cold water, and there's no cold water. You drink you drink um, room temperature water. If somebody gave you a cold glass of water, which would you choose? You would choose the cold glass of water. And essentially in the desert You don't have, you have a fridge No is going to come and give you a fridge There's no ice And so what they would notice That cooled water was a northern wind And essentially they called it shama'il. This was a, a drink that you wanted to drink Because it quenched your thirst Because it was cold okay. it, was, it was water but it was also cold And the shamail are essentially The qualities of the Prophet ﷺ That are also um, qualities that you are looking forward to These are things that quench the thirst of the spirit looking for a person that it can trust. So sure essentially human beings you know the whole purpose is that they look up to other human beings that they admire. Yeah. Like that's I think that's the greatest felicity you can have on earth is to meet a person that you really admire and you're just in awe of the person because they have, they encapsulate every sense of the values that you want to have and for the most refined human being that is not going to be found in in wealth. It's not going to be found in property. It's not going to be found in affluence. It will be found in the meeting of minds with a great person that you... You know, this is why people, you know, they have meet and greet. This is why people travel to listen to a lecture from a very famous person. This is why they, you know, they go out their way to meet somebody. Like, if you give examples, worldly examples, like, you know, people that are on the speaker circuit... Like yeah. Even from a worldly sense like Obama and Clinton and all these kind of people People just want to be in the room to hear them Because they have something that they would like to have Even if it's something that we don't want to have But it's something that other people want to have And essentially the shama'il are qualities that Abdul Salam saw in the Prophet ﷺ That made him come so close that he ended up accepting Islam And so that's the place from which the questions of Surah Al-Kahf come from that sense of looking for not to trip up the Prophet but looking f- to see if he is who he claims he is. Mm. Because the Quraysh are asking for questions to trip him up. I think the, the Rabbis are asking questions with the intention to see okay, they'll get the questions to the Prophet and we'll see how he responds to them. Because it may well be that he will be the person that we will end up following. And what we know is when the Prophet came to Navara, he did actually end up Taking a sizable portion of the Jewish tribes, of the rabbis, the very you know, elite Jewish rabbis, into the fold of Islam, through the very fact that he had this amazing presence of qualities that made them submit their will to him, Sheikh Going back to
1: this main theme that you you pointed out, and I've been thinking about it, Barzakh, hmm. the the in between mm-hmm. sense that. We find ourselves in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Surah Kahf has this mm-hmm. in betweenness, if that's a word I can use. Dasparzuk.
2: Uh, yeah, hiatus, quarantine. So in, this, in the in the in the story of uh, Ashab al Kahf, the people of the cave, they're in a the hiatus. Yeah. T- time, you know, time out. Time you out. You say like this pause. is and um, pause. You were in opposition, and you will come out, but you'll have a pause and we we'll look inshallah we'll we look at some of the words that are used but and things is, and things will change after that and things will change things will develop and the hiatus is for a reason is i mean the interesting thing is they didn't they didn't um you know they didn't go into the cave prepared to go to sleep they didn't pre- yeah, go into yeah. the cave saying okay we'll bide our time
1: they they they, they were they forced to sleep they, they escaped persecution
2: yeah and that was it they were escaping and that was it the fact that they were part of a narrative which would end up in the quran was nowhere near. And as far as the emperor
1: is concerned, they were buried dead. Uh,
2: according basically. to the appearance, they were buried dead.
1: Yeah, so the so the, the, so the grieving tomb was covered.
2: Yes. And at
1: what point, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala changes his own sunnah, the order, mm-hmm. and there is interference, mm-hmm. and there is centuries, and then they they rise up again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is this a, something that we need to understand to understand our faith, because we believe in order. Mm-hmm. We also believe in mojiza. Mm-hmm. We believe that there is always, not always, there is sometimes an interference in the order that we ordinarily know.
0: Mm-hmm. So what does
2: the are Qur'an we, say? Are we, are, yeah. So if you look at the verse that actually specifically indicates this, Um ajaba." Do you not then consider the the companions of the cave, the sleepers of the cave, were raqim. is another name for these people, which is tarqim and rakam. Rakam, actually, you know, it in, in Turkish, or the rakam is what you write. Yeah. So this is is said to be after the event took place, people wrote the story of the of the, of the seven sleepers at the at the at the at the cave. It's one of the example, one mm-hmm. of the kind of interpretations of this, that they were from the most amazing of our signs. Now the whole point is Min Ayatina Ajaba. This is Min Ayatina Ajaba. This is where it's worth going into the kind of you know the words themselves that this whole story is presented because it's Min Ayatina Ajaba. It is from amongst our amongst. In other words, there's so many signs it is a sign.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: this is a sign which is it makes you ask the questions you're asking, which is ajaba. You're ajib. Yeah. You are. Um. you You're dumbfounded. Ajib is something that you you feel you need to ask about this. Yeah. Ajib. Ajib. It, does it in does Arabic it. you say, uh, ajib, <laughs> 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 or do you say ajib? <laughs> yeah, ajib. Do you understand? Like you, when you're confused, you say ajib because you're thinking, how did that just happen? And the whole point is, it's it's a sign because you have natural signs like the heavens and the earth and the cosmos and the and everything that's beautiful that God has created. You have signs in the horizons and in yourselves. Do you not then think all those signs are obvious? We know them, but the breaking of a norm of nature is something that makes people think. Well, I just missed something, and I need to think back and see why that happened.
0: Mm.
2: Those are rare. Those kind of events are extremely rare, and the rarity of them. Focus f- forces human humanity to think about why these happened. If they were not rare, you would not end up thinking about why they happened. Yeah. They are rare, and so the rarity of it then allows us to then say, "As al-kahf over the, those four or five hundred years, this is the event that was ajib." Why was it ajib? Because it proved the bodily resurrection is plausible for God. Because if He contr- controls People's life, blood He can raise them up If they're dead At any moment in time For the people that were watching They knew these people Had disappeared 300 centuries ago They were dead Now they're resurrected Now that they were asleep Is nothing that they know about hmm. So this is interesting This is actually something In the Quran That is different From the nar- narrative Of the Christian version I believe Which is that In the Christian version They died and other was the, the boulders were placed you know, khalas, dead. And then three centuries later, like Christ, risen from the dead. Mm. From our perspective, they're not dead. God preserves their life by putting them into a deep sleep. So, so the, thing, the point is, that's why I was talking about iwaja. You remember we talk about iwaja not having crookedness? crookedness? The narrative that the Christian version You know kind of preserves Is a narrative which has a crookedness in its factuality Which is that they did not die
0: Mm. Who
2: knows that? Only the Quran could tell us that So it's almost a correcting something That the Quran could never know about Unless it was a revelation from God And so the moment that that comes As a response you're thinking Wow it didn't just copy and paste You know the Prophet didn't ask somebody for example Go to Syria and find out And then bring me a couple of pages and I'll, I'll write it in the quran it basically changes how the story is told so th- there is this, this uh,
1: reconciliation with you recon- reconcile with the pause allah subhanahu Wa ta'ala almost imposes on you mm-hmm. so you go from one state to the other with a huge pause or a small pause and then you are content with it Mm-hmm. knowing there is something else on the other side mm-hmm. which is going to be a better outcome mm-hmm. which you embrace mm-hmm. Surah w- why that these people centuries later they are back in the scene mm-hmm. and they find things which are what they wanted them to be mm-hmm. but they have They've been in a slumber. They, they mm-hmm. not in a slumber. They, they, they were sleeping. Mm-hmm. They were resting. Yes. Only to come back to what they would have wanted when they were persecuted.
2: Yes. Yes. Covid. Covid. I mean, you could make the jump and just say, "Well, our our kind of hiatus, which is suspension of normal life, is there to then allow us to then experience." A different way of structuring society which is the way it should have been. That is not gonna be the ca- that is not the case. COVID is a is a, is a natural phenomena which follows the laws of natural phenomena and our response to it is based on natural phenomena. Okay. In other words, we know how it spreads, we know what type of virus it is, we know the family of virus it's from, and therefore we make our precautions based upon that. The precautions are unlike any precautions done for any medical eventuality that we know of in history, which indicates its special nature as being something that is disastrous. Now, from that perspective, you cannot use this as a kind of test, but that God is putting everybody under COVID as the seven sleepers were put under. Hmm. There's no comparison there. But the comparison point is this. Which is that the person who believes in Allah sees the wisdom of God's decree and then spends the time in which they are in a state of hiatus and suspension to then build for something based upon the ability to plan for something better.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
2: That's essentially what it is. Because Ashab al Kahf, they had no choice in being the people who were chosen to go into this hiatus, into this suspension. They had no choice in coming out of it. In other words, they were Min Ayatina Ajaba, they were from God's sign. God chose them and made them into the signs. They didn't you know, they didn't do ex- something special to be these people, except for insisting on the worship of God, which is actually a very big thing. Mm. But for us, the hiatus is important because that's the stock taking. That's the stock taking that we do we, after which we plan and then execute. The plan. In other words, the better life, the better um, context within which people live, the more wholesome societal context within which we we hope to exist in, you know, fighting all the kind of oppressive kind of manifestations of human greed that exist. All those things are part and parcel of the suspension of normal life to then see what's going to happen because I was reading, it was yesterday, the day before, about The super rich in America, in terms of the last three weeks, you know, you would think um, the economic hit, who's it it hitting? You would say it hits everybody. Yeah. It's not. No, it's not. The top earners, in terms of, we're talking the the multi-billionaire, you were talking about the top 2% of wealth earners, their wealth is exponentially increasing because... Of the nature of how wealth will be redistributed, because it's the people, the middle classes, the lower classes that are having to expend out of what they've, you know, reserved. It goes to manufacturing manufacturing streams and 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 financial streams that are essentially all sucking up to these oligarchies, hmm. and that's why over the last three weeks they were saying that the the the, the, the leading elite, financial elite, have gained more. In the last three weeks than they did in the period between um, the last great crash between um, you know I think it was two thousand and seven two thousand eight two thousand yeah yeah and so that leaves you in a situation where you know you are you're 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 staggered at the nature of the events that are taking place. Do we want that to remain as it is? You know, the whole point is we're in hiatus. And Muslims and even non-Muslims are thinking: Is that the type of interaction with society, with wealth, with the environment, with equality, with um, warfare and armaments and and, and and the arms race and all these kind of things? Is that the type of society we want now? Because everybody will now have to make that decision to say what type of community society, what type of legislation do we want in the world? You know what type of United Nations nations do we want to operate now? Everything will have to reassess, mm. and so that's a great blessing. I think that that is the case because it means that now you can have a conversation about economy, politics, ecology, religion as well. Because yeah. religion is the whole point of our values. Where do they come from? They come from religion. They don't. They're not made from any man-made um, theory of ethics. Even the ones that are man-made, they're stealing them from the religious traditions. And so you're left with a situation where, you know, the religious community should come at this very, very vigorous, invigorated. And this is what I was talking about yesterday. The fact that the Islamic, the voice of Islam as as a, as a civilization, is not present in that in, in the in the table of ideas is very worrying because it has a very unique way of looking at things. You know, our, if we had great thinkers, we'd be able to make those. Um, you know Contributions yeah. You know Presentations to And and thing is If you think of it, It's the COVID thing If you look at What we do As a community Apart from the, you know, the Congregational aspect of it Which is To mitigate the spread In terms of cleanliness In terms of the de- Teachings of Prophet Indicating what to do In a state of uh, Contagion and disease mm. Every single teaching The Prophet had On that is underlined and authenticated and, un- and kind of promoted by the leading health or- organizations today. Yeah. And that's like, how would you know? I mean, that's just, it's mind-boggling. Every single piece of relevant information about disease and contagion is exactly what they're doing. Not like 50 of them, like half of them are, you know, we'll say, okay, these, these are not acceptable. Every single one you could I mean you could just set the agenda based upon the Prophet's um, specific yeah, there is a danger. I,
1: mean, I, I see the posts and I see people almost I, I'm wary of that stance mm-hmm. I'm wary of the stance that my religion is the best yep we told you so mm-hmm. we've we've already been doing it mm-hmm. uh, yeah
2: obviously I agree with you I know what you're going to say you don't like the posts that are kind of um, jingoistic yeah. That this Islam, this is why Islam is great. That's not the point I was making. I was, I was, I, what I was saying was the solace to the, the heart of the believer knowing that this religion has a prophet who indicated things in a way that exactly mimic what we should be doing should bring stillness to the heart of the believer who has doubts.
1: Which wasn't being carried out, which yeah. was ignored.
2: So the thing of being posts and telling people and saying, we told everybody and everyone's, you know, thing like everyone's wearing niqab now and, yeah, yeah. you know, and we're all washing our hands. We're all, you know, we're all Muslims now and we're all washing our hands five times a day or, you know. Yes, I think that's slightly, you know, that is um, not in keeping. I understand where it comes from, which is the, the kind of the backlash, the anti-Muslim sentiment in the Europe, which has been on the rise very much over the last um, 17, 18 years definitely over that over that time I can understand people you know just off the cuff loving that moment to just laugh yeah. in a very difficult situation. I yeah. can understand that, but i don 't agree with it. I can understand where it comes from that type of mentality yeah i don't think that's our our religious mentality I think that 's more the, the kind of ethnic kind of cult, ethnic kind of political socio political kind of movement of uh, understanding of Islam. The religious one would be, say, fine, it's done. Um, Let's see what we can do to better society. How can we help communities? How can we help elderly people? All these things would be the things that I think would be the posts that we talk about. Mm. But let the young kids put their posts up. And the older kids who are old, but they're kids at heart, you know, forward them. If it makes them feel a bit better, that's fine. But I think it is very superficial. I agree with you in that sense.
0: Yeah, yeah
2: masaib
1: mm-hmm. moving to the last part of uh, reflections as promised to the listeners and as advertised as well mm-hmm. so there's surah kahf and mm-hmm. how surah kahf like surah yusuf mm-hmm. has a reflection professor Prophet's life
2: Now surah al-kahf um, like
1: surah yusuf is almost a, a mirror image
2: Yes, I mean, last year, year before, we talked to sort sort of Yusuf, yeah, I did point out probably I can not remember what seven or eight in sequence from the birth of Prophet Muhammad to the oppression, to the imprisonment, to the the fleeing, all these mm-hmm. points mm-hmm. to the victory, which is the 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 the, 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 the dream of the prophet. Uh, yeah, Yusuf alaihissalam being actualized in, in the prostration of the of the of the sun, of the sun and the moon and, and the stars to him, victorious was manifest in the Prophet being accepted by the Quraysh when he conquered al Mukarrama, and then it's perfectly summarized in his own words, in which he quoted the Quran, in which he says "La hmm. tathri which is the words of the Prophet Yusuf to his family and his brothers specifically in which he said, there's no vengefulness there's upon no. you on this day. The Prophet said the same words of the Qur'an exactly to the Quraysh because they wronged him. And so the, the parallels to Surah Yusuf in the Prophet's life is amazing. And Surah Yusuf comes at the point where he's in his most persecuted. So this is yes. almost like the back foot telling you, guess what? <clears throat> the victory will be so glorious it's it's it'll be more than the sun and the moon and the stars that happened for you for the prophet Yusuf. With Surat Al Kahf, there is this understanding of the the barzakh because yes. I was talking about the barzakh being this kind of interspace, which is this kind of point where you're in hiatus. The prophet والسلام, at this point in his life is at this juncture of hiatus, which is. As I didn't mention this yesterday. It's the point from where the back foot is changing into the front foot, and so essentially this chapter is related to the Prophets' life from the perspective of when it comes, not in not specifically in terms of the stories that are in the specific, um, you know, in terms of the the stories that are in the specific um, chapter itself, but. That doesn't mean they're not relevant to the seerah. They are relevant to the seerah. As we go through them, mm, mm. the cave. Yeah. Like the cave is the repose and the moment when you have stillness in the face of mas'aib. Mas'aib, remember, is the arrow. I mentioned that before. Musiba yeah, It's a target. Asaba musiba is that. What are the Quraysh doing? They're, they're targeting him physically, actually, at this point, with arrows. They have bounty hunters. Bounty hunters have arrows more than swords because they they'll be at a distance and they'll shoot you from a distance. And so where's the Prophet get the solace and the stillness? In the cave. And so it's almost like you could see almost like a, a fast forwarding of what the Prophet will experience so is this, in the is, cave.
1: Is this the Sunnah of the Prophet as well? And this is what we were taught. You are faced with a calamity, you're faced with hardship, mm. you retreat. You go back. You go into some kind of seclusion. Mm -hmm. You pause your life so that you can gather your thoughts, your Mm -hmm. feelings, your even the concept of repentance Mm -hmm. is retreating, is is going back.
2: Yes, so it's a it's a question of how can you benefit from the situation you're in, like in the COVID situation. How can you benefit from it? Yeah says the heart will not benefit from anything more than seclusion by which the person enters into the into the into the vista of thought and reflection you know nothing will benefit you at this moment in time your heart meaning how you I mean heart we don't talk about physical like the blood thing yeah we don't even talk about a spiritual thing. Al-Qalb, as Imam Ghazali said, is a place where you make sense of things.
0: Mm.
2: Emotional, intellectual, everything. And so Ibn Atala says that your heart will never benefit from anything more than seclusion, quarantining, Mm. by which it goes into the state of deep thought. Thought to get you out of the mas'aib that you're in. And essentially, this is exactly what I think we're we're facing is the musibah is... Inevitably Unbearable Mentally s- Financially You know for some people Even spiritually if, they, if their spiritual life Is based upon Congregational acts Like wor- of worship mm. Or reading re- re- Hearing the Quran From the Imam and Taraweeh For example It will have a spiritual effect As well But he's essentially saying That nothing will benefit you Except a uzla Through which you think And the think is, th- thinking thing Is now To see okay Where is my life going What was the purpose of it where do I need to rectify with your family, with your friends, your enemies, your, your economic transactions, your political imaginations, everything. You reassess every single point in your life and you say, okay, is it in the right direction? If it's not, you can turn it around. And that's essentially... And uh, how, how
1: much of it is in line with our faith that we keep looking at the causes of it? Mm-hmm. what could have caused it if it is interpreted as Allah's wrath this is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is angry mm-hmm. he's not happy with us mm-hmm. and he is now locking us in mm-hmm. and saying stop How
2: no I, I think I think um, that's a far-fetched okay understanding because it, it's not a justified understanding Theologically, so I'm slightly from
1: religious sources. Yes, so slightly all all over the, the social media uh-huh. that you know God is angry uh-huh. and He's closed No, no, I, I
2: think it's unjustifiable in terms okay. of it's, I don't know what time it is, but that's not justifiable in terms of if something is difficult and it comes upon a people the, the period prior to the Prophets' life, it was it was it was the way that Allah's Sunnah worked, which is that God would. Would 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 send down a, a tribulation and a, and a, and a, and, a, and a major um, quake in the life of people through illness or through earthquakes or whatever to rectify their behavior, but after the coming of the Prophet, by consensus that will not happen. Mm,
0: mm. That is
2: suspended, and so what you left with is masaib that afflict. Um, so Allah says, "What taqfit and fear a fitna That will not afflict only The people um, That are oppressive amongst you It will afflict everybody So this concept of so con- con- means the, Congregational the masiba, repentance
1: Yes you know, the, Or a whole community should repent mm-hmm. in, in a systematic way mm-hmm. Because God is angry mm-hmm. And this is why we are in a state we are in mm-hmm. It's a flawed understanding
2: mm-hmm. The masiba is there And it's there for different people For different reasons Okay The The way that this came out Was based upon our actions Not based upon that God All of a sudden sent this to us And we're not responsible for it We're responsible for Exactly for what happened
0: hmm.
2: So this is the flawed religious This is not religious thinking This is quite superficial Because the current context is Is a, is a result of human activity Okay so, so you
1: you you are you as humans you have a choice yes you made you've created the way we were created
2: a, a situation in a specific part of the world where you had forced people to eat animals and never ate which is a cult, the great leap forward in china caused over 40 million deaths that has been encultured within that part of the world to the point they have wet markets the wet markets are the breeding ground for coronaviruses of different natures they jump into the human um, DNA and affect that that is human activity. I don't see where the this hmm. issue of God sending his his damnation upon people is if you've done the things that lead to it hmm. lead to it. Hmm. But the point is God has decreed that to be. God has not stopped it, God has decreed it. And this is why Abu Hanifa says that Allah's decree is bil bil wa bil that Allah's decree is In the sense that he writes it and knows it Not that he orders it to happen
0: Mm -hmm. What is happening
2: now is in the knowledge of God Who made it happen Is our our own actions
1: Yeah, so it is in his knowledge
2: Yes, and so Allah knows this will happen And he's testing us through our own stupidity Me And this is why I don't like people complicating it by saying God is angry with us and he sent us COVID-19 It's very superficial it's going to lead to people thinking Islam is a very stupid religion, mm, mm. and that's why I'm quite that's surprised. A,
1: that is a general understanding, you know. I mean, mm. the, the poetry that's coming out, yes. The, the music that's coming out. No,
2: I understand the poetry. Poetry is more more about poetic license of exaggerating. Yeah. But give me a scholar who's a scholar, a theologian, to argue that case. I will guarantee they won't get past five minutes on mm. that discussion because it's unjustified based on the Quran and Sunnah. From whatever perspective you want to look at it Poetically yes mm. uh, inter- As a person I would think yes God is testing me and perhaps punishing me But Abdul Qadir Jirani said something very interesting Which is that when a musibah comes You look to see why it comes based upon your own actions It could be because your, your sins mm-hmm. In which case you will run away from good actions It could be because Allah wants to elevate you in which case you, you do extra good actions, mm. or you couldn't care less, in which case Allah has elevated you already because you know that you continue to worship God until death comes to you. Mm. And that is important because what is coming to us is coming to us for different people for different reasons. Mm. Yes, this event is a scourge upon certain people for their sins. Mm. For certain people. This is why I'm saying You cannot justify this thing that's coming to everybody for our our sins. It's coming to some people to test them. And it's coming to some people to elevate their spirit in in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why when you see this happen, you see the greatness that some people do in terms of sacrifice. Look at all these doctors that have passed away in this country specifically from the Muslim community and other communities on the front line. Now this scourge came, it came to elevate them. shuhada. Essentially, they made they they became shaheed as due to the excuse of COVID nineteen.
1: Fifth day of Ramadan coming to an end. Reflections Uh, iftar is going to be at fifty nine. We inshallah will try our very best with this change situation and a slightly different technology that we're using to play adhan at the right time, which will be eight fifty nine. Up until then. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. inshallah we'll see you tomorrow at 7:30 again with myself Zubair and Sheikh Rizwan assalamu alaikum.
2: alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi